This is Suzanne Cosgrove from John Lothian News. Next month, Illinois is expected to grant 75 new cannabis dispensary licenses that will have a social equity focus. Tom Thompson and I sat down with Stephen Simpson of the Chicago chapter of the advocacy group Normal to get his take on the impact of the license rollout, as well as other related issues. By way of introduction, I just wondered if you could explain what Normal does and how you got involved with it. I am a native of Chicago, uh, the far south side, coming to you all from West Pullman. And um, I got engaged with Normal shortly before I relocated or moved back to Chicago. I was living on the East Coast for just under 10 years. And while I was living in Boston, I got engaged with their local chapter called Mass Can. Um, And when I let them know that I was getting ready to move back to Chicago and that there was a lot of exciting movement on the ground, I wanted to get engaged with, um, I guess, activism and organizing work for legalization efforts in my home state. Um, They put me in contact with a few different people who were involved with uh, Illinois Normal. um, And ultimately, Illinois Normal uh, pushed me into the hands of uh, the Chicago Normal team. And I've been volunteering with them since um, January of 2018. Um, And I've since uh, taken on uh, more leadership roles within the organization. Um, And I'm currently working with them as their executive secretary. Is that a a staff job or is that more of a volunteer thing? No, that's more of a volunteer thing. What is your day job? During the day, I work with Code for America as a senior program manager. Is that an educational project? It's educational um, and workforce development in, in nature. Um, our uh, work there is largely around helping governments become more uh, efficient and adept with how they deliver digital services and specifically working on issues that involve criminal justice reform, the social safety net, and truly taking uh, proper precautions and care for the truly disadvantaged amongst us. It sounds like what you're doing now is for your day job and what you're doing for Normal have some connections. Can you talk a little bit about the goals for Normal? The website says the cannabis culture was part of daily life in our communities, but the cannabis industry was not. So can you talk a little bit of how Normal might be connecting all those? Chicago Normal does have a specific charge for uh, safeguarding the rights of patients um, because this was largely born out of a movement that started for, um, I guess, making an argument about cannabis medicine and the medicinal properties that it carries. And so we, we do start with a specific charge of, well, um, what are we doing for um, those amongst us that really rely on this plant for for health issues and for um, making the quality of their life better? But we, we also do try and take care of our broader constituency. So with Chicago Normal, we do have a lot of uh, members who are interested in working in the industry, um, a lot of people who are interested in owning businesses within the industry, um, and a lot of people who are already on that road are already engaged in the industry um, in different capacities. So um, just really thinking about uh, the industry holistically, but also what does that mean for communities of color um, that have borne a disproportionate uh, impact or um, 
taking on uh, disproportionate harms based on um, increasingly antiquated policies and regulations um, that have really compromised the, the long-term health and prosperity of a lot of communities that we come from. I wanted to ask you about the expected announcement next month of the 75 new Illinois dispensary licenses. Is that an example of what you're talking about to some extent? I am not a part of any teams that have applied for, for any licenses. And so I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other. Um, I do think that what we want to be mindful of is what implications will the announcements have on uh, some of the other concepts that are indoctrinated in the policy. So social equity. So how will the announcements move the needle on creating a more inclusive um, and, and equitable industry that duly affords opportunity to all and considers what those, what barriers to engagement with people of color may be and being very, I guess, thoughtful and um, deliberate about working around those challenges. Normal been lobbying for those licenses? Don't know if I should say that they've been lobbying. We, we've done a lot, of, a lot of work lobbying to make those licenses available. But as an organization, are we lobbying for a particular timeline um, for announcing? No, we, we haven't, unless I'm missing something. But I don't think that that's our stance as an organization. That doesn't mean that our individual constituents don't have their own invested interest in the outcomes from those uh, announcements. Once they're awarded, do you have a sense of how many people would be ready to be up and running? I think that there's going to be a constant and growing need for technical assistance and support because I do think that the barriers to entry for people of color are um, well pronounced and significant. A lot of them having to do with um, having capital and being able to endure the first few years of being in operation because uh, the expectation that you will break even um, in that first year is slim. So you do have to have cash reserves that allow you to um, have some longevity in this race. How do you think the new ventures will affect the overall environment in Chicago? Do you think it'll affect the, the general number of dispensaries and how people are, are accessing them? Yeah, I mean, because I think that there's a huge demand there, right? So because there is such a, um, such a large demand within the Chicagoland area, um, increasing the supply only uh, helps everyone that's engaged in the market. So um, I, I do see it being beneficial um, because you'll be providing more options and um, accessibility for different people in different parts of the city. And of course, that tax revenue will uh, go in and begin to help uh, our our state um, with some of our other um, L, or some of our other challenges. Um, so I do think that they will have a, a positive bleed over effect for um, Chicago more largely. Do you have any concerns? My my concerns largely rest in in um, our provisions of equity. My I, I have an assumption that there's still going to be a lot of work left to be done. Um, when it comes to conversations around equity um, and this market uh, specifically. Um, and I think that that work is really going to pick up because 
if we take the data at the announcement point and try and figure out who is owning and um, what they look like and what communities they come from, um, I think that's going to look a lot different a year from now because there's going to be a lot of capitalistic activity um, and, and firms that are going to be um, entering the market. And so um, the numbers that people are even trying to achieve on the policy end um, may not be what's reflected a year or two down the line because of um, the growing pains of being in business and to your concern or to your question, the preparedness of these different firms who are all going to be small businesses and will need uh, many of which will need additional supports that may not be in place right now. Who are Normal's members in Illinois? I mean, are they, is it individuals or is it companies? How are, how are you funded? Yeah, both. And so I, I do want to um, call our attention to, there are two different chapters for Normal um, in Illinois. One of them is Illinois Normal, which has more of a state charge. And then there's Chicago Normal, um, who uh, obviously operates on a more um, local, hyper-local um, basis. But um, our, our funders are our individual members um, and volunteers, and uh, as well as uh, different businesses that uh, sponsor um, some of our work or some of our partnerships for betterment of the industry itself. I'm actually a member with, with both the Illinois chapter and the Chicago chapter, and I also sit on both of their boards. I've been with, um, I, I go between the two engaging as necessary, but I, I largely operate um, from my seat as a secretary with Chicago Normal. Are there tensions between the two groups or not so much, just divergent interests? We, we work together rather well, so I wouldn't say that there are tensions per se, but I, I would say that Chicago Normal did uh, emerge as um, such, a, I guess, a, a promising chapter um, based off of what uh, a lot of the founding members of Chicago Normal identified were um, opportunities for growth and development within the Illinois market and realizing that as the medical industry was being rolled out that virtually no people of color were present and in the rooms where these discussions were taking place. So um, our, our charge may be to specifically engage uh, these disengaged communities and these people of color in ways that Illinois Normal had not been. Um, but by the same token, Illinois Normal and a lot of the people who started that operation started, a lot, started the conversation a lot earlier when uh, cannabis legalization was seen more of uh, kind of like a, a fool's uh, mission. Um, and so they did a lot of work in destigmatizing and making Chicago Normal's work even more impactful when it did emerge into the, the industry either group um, have an agenda for legislative changes? One of the things that Chicago Normal does is we do host a, a policy working group where we review the current um, state of the, of, uh, the law um, and we identify opportunities for, for growth or things that are missing. Um, and, and we try and engage our constituents in um, creating our own uh, legislative agenda to address some of these shortcomings of the bills. So people are concerned about employee rights and what testing looks like in the workplace. Um, some people, because there is still a little bit of uncertainty there. Do you mean in the cannabis companies or do you mean general, like I work for a bank and I use pot and can I be tested and kicked out for that? Is that, which, which of the two are you talking about? Employees of 
pot companies or employees of non-pot companies? I would say both. What I was thinking of was specifically um, the employers of non-cannabis companies. Yeah. So if you are working for People's Gas, for instance, and you're working with utilities and outdoors and you're operating machinery, um, when is it okay for you to consume and how can you do so comfortably without worrying about um, your job security? So that's what I was trying to get at. The new licensees have some work to do to really get going once they get because they'll all be small businesses. Uh, is there a concern that they might get bought out by larger entities? You were talking about the bigger companies. Is that a, a concern that the mix of people will change down the road? Yeah, that, that's a, exactly what I was trying to get at. And maybe I didn't say it in just that fashion. But um, yeah, when I was identifying or speaking to uh, you know capitalistic firms um, that are going to be operating in, in our markets, um, that's specifically what I meant. Um, and, and that behavior isn't, it, it isn't unlawful, right? It, it may be a bit predatory, but it doesn't mean that it's, uh, it goes against our, um, our statute. I think the challenge there is um, when the, the doctrine itself of the new policy is falling short. And what do we do when we identify that as the case? This is Suzanne Cosgrove reporting for John Lothian News. 